0: you know, the lesson that, you know, all of the, all of us are living in, in this world is one life and it's a journey and it's never a destination. And, you know, we're only given one shot and we don't know how long that shot's going to play out for. Right. So just seizing the moment, taking it through and enjoying it. Right. I think, you know, the subtitle is, as, as you mentioned, you know, um, a memoir of unbound action and, and found my way to success. That's really where I found every big hit, every big breakthrough, every like great success came right after I got my fucking ass kicked or right Mm -hmm. after a massive failure. And that's the piece you just got, it takes time. And I, and I get that because it's scary, especially entrepreneurship. It's scary sometimes, but if you have that rigor and can, can convince yourself to go forward a little bit and just take those, those steps um, you know, it's,
1: it's it's a journey it's fun hey this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors check this out thank you to tranquil turtle massage they are located right in the heart of downtown Coeur d'Alene and Tracy is a master massage specialist and Hanu Ashiatsu trainer look my wife and I go see her and her team every single month and we walk away feeling great sore muscles are gone we feel relaxed got to go check them out tell them i sent you for 25 bucks off your massage package also while you're there make sure you check out cda brows body and ink offering cordelaine's best tattoo brows plasma fiber blast tightening and pmu services tell them i sent you and you'll save 100 bucks on your tattoo brows or plasma tightening make sure you check out tranquil turtle massage and cda brows body and ink at pnwmobilemassage.com Jeremy, you're a father, entrepreneur, investor, speaker, managing director of Delk Enterprises, author, and your new book, Without a Plan, is now available. It's a number one bestseller. It's so good. People need to go get this book. So great to have you back on the show, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me, Eric. Yeah, we spoke earlier this year, but for those who are new to the show, who is Jeremy Delk and what is it that you do? Yeah,
0: look, I'm a you know, small town kid from uh, you know Nowheresville, USA, You know, we're from Bartstown, Kentucky, bourbon capital of the world um and yeah just been you know on this you know entrepreneurial journey for the last 20 something years um you know we fund businesses you know a little venture capital um industry agnostic and you know over the last year after writing this book um i've been trying to pay a lot of it forward and i'm doing a lot of these podcasts now i'm doing a lot of business coaching and consulting and having a blast truly i mean because for me uh i think entrepreneur spirit and you talk about a little bit in the book, it's probably been driven by this constant curiosity and just, I love learning, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's just what loves it. So, um, I had a kid that came in, um, actually saw me on some podcast, uh, somewhere and he's got a really cool business, um, doing stuff with people, you know, working with traumatic brain, hustled it together, no money, single, you know, operator broke a million dollars doing a million and a half. And, you know, I had a sp- personal touch story with my, my cousin being affected by that. So I'm probably going to do a deal with them in some capacity, uh, learn something, help people. So it's uh it's been great, man. That's kind of uh, what's keeping me busy today. Plus a couple of kids that,
1: I want to get into your book without a plan, a memoir of unbound action and failing my way to success recently came out and I've been reading it and it's mind blowing. I'm not quite done with it yet, but I'm really excited to get through the rest of it. I don't want to give too much of this book away because people need to go out and read this thing. What's the journey that you're going to take readers through and then what will they walk away with after reading without a plan?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it really, I think the the, the key takeaways is I, I hate all these people on social media that are, and, and these fake influencers that just kind of, you know, talk and tell stories and they're just not authentic or they talk about, I'm telling you, these are 17 great steps to do this, this and this. You're going to be I'm like, fucking no, especially yeah, yeah. if they haven't done them. Right. It's all like trial by theory. And what I wanted to do, because some of the things in the stories you've, you've read so far, right, there are kind of. You know unbelievable that's why i referenced everything like here was a press release about this one and i was with this person when it happened because i wanted you could fact check all of it because you know the lesson that you know all of all of us are living in in this world is one life and it's a journey and it's never a destination and you know we're only given one shot and we don't know how long that shot's going to play out for right so just seizing the moment taking it through and enjoying it right i think you know the subtitle is as, as you mentioned you know, um, a memoir of unbound action and, and found my way to success. That's really where I found every big hit, every big breakthrough, every like great success came right after I got my fucking ass kicked or right mm-hmm. after a massive failure. And that's the piece you just got. It takes time. And I, and I get that cause it's scary, especially entrepreneurship. It's scary sometimes, but if you have that rigor and can, can convince yourself to go forward a little bit and just take those, those steps, um, you know, it's 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 a journey. It's fun.
1: Come on, man. That's awesome. What was your personal journey as you wrote this book and, and how long did it take?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, probably halfway through, uh, I didn't rip it all up, but I just threw it, threw it to the side for about uh, two weeks. And I was, you know, in uh, most of the stories that I had written in that time were still in there, but it was so one-sided. It was, um, and not one side, one lens is probably, it was all looked at one lens and that lens was business and the business lessons, which were a lot of them, right? I mean, how to take risk, how not take risk, when to have some humility, understanding, you know, communication. So there's a lot of, um, victories, successes, and failures in there. But the, the part that felt disingenuous to me was the. I was leaving out half of the, of the other lens. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the personal side and we all are humans. And if you don't really share that piece, um, you're living most of the important stuff out. Right. So that's what I went back in and, uh, I talked about my personal journey. So my, my father passed away when I was you know seven years old. And I think that probably shifted me to, um, a big part of, uh, of what's, cause to motivate me and drive me and, and maybe appreciate the, the amount of time we're all given, right. Which is limited in, 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 some circumstances. So, um, that, and, you know, the rest of the the chapters that unfolded in my life has really kind of shaped me as the that, that human
1: man, you opened your book by doing a backstory of who your dad was. And at one point he was smuggling things, but you had this awesome relationship with him. Tell me about your dad. What kind of man was he? And what's one of your favorite memories of him?
0: Yeah, I mean, so at seven, you know, you, you don't know, but he was he was that alpha male wolf pack kind of guy, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the line in the book, "My dad kicked your dad's ass," right? I mean, yeah, he was, yeah. you know, hard living biker guy, whatever. But that's and I and I I definitely I retrospectively after a bunch of therapy look back and, and probably see some similarities, right? Someone, you know, maybe see me as you know a bit of a hard charging CEO. I curse a lot. I got you know, sound like I'm from New York and all these things but my dad was very much like that too right like you know again bar flight super alpha male kind of leader but you know my mom would describe him as like the biggest teddy bear and i think that's that's what i kind of try to try to go to as well and people that are in my circle i I think you see that And, and i i wear my heart on my sleeve and passion goes both ways man you can be passionate and be a hard ass and be pissed off and angry and something but you have to be passionate. Be very sensitive as well. So i mm-hmm. I try to really feel feelings now. I think that's uh it took me it took me some time to do that. I think for a long time, with the loss of my dad, I think a lot of people can can relate to this. I can I mean give you a clinical diagnosis as a therapist here and a couple hundred grand worth of ex- personal experience <laughs> in therapy. Um, I'm like this anxious attachment style. I was like from relationships, and what that um, really means is. I would rather like Eric. I think we feel good right now. We're having a great conversation. But in like ten minutes, if I feel like you're not that into me, I would just be, "Hey, I'm I'm out, man. I'm done." Like Mm -hmm. obviously not really in in literally, but in a relationship or partnership. If I felt at any point earlier days in my life um, that I was potentially vulnerable, potentially getting hurt, I would kill it. I would break the relationship. I would I would end it. A lot of times, self destructively, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was trying to protect you know, protect myself, which is a shitty way to live. So if you can be vulnerable and go through, and that, that's really where you had that intensity with partners and relationships and spouses and friends.
1: You got the news from a family friend down the street named Miss Sherry that your dad had passed away. And then at this point in your book, you kind of skipped about 11 years. What's going through your mind in that moment at that point? And what does the next 11 years look like for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was disbelief because, you know, we had, you know, this level of you know normalcy right and family that loved you and this you know the safety net and to have that ripped apart it was first disbelief and then you start to really unpack and realize that you went from pretty nice house to a a smaller house to a smaller house to to an apartment your mom was working third shift and that probably uh that definitely i think has driven me from the financial goals that i've always had because also a different kind of vulnerability like financial vulnerability right and that risk mm-hmm. of not being able to be in control and and that is something that was probably ingrained in me because i became the man of the house at seven years old mm-hmm. um i grew up quick i mean you know we we talk later on in the book about my mom getting kind of upset with me because my brother was uh eight or ten um he was eight no yeah he was eight i was 13 and i would literally say like when's he going to grow up?" It's pretty fucked up to say, right? But like in my head at thirteen, I'd already lived that life. And like, what do you mean, dude? You're eight years like in the in my mom's like, let him be a kid. And like I wasn't I didn't really get that chance. I think that's a big piece. And then from there it's like, hey, where do you go? And I think the the piece backing up my dad of like, you're not promised tomorrow Mm -hmm. has been that constant yearning of when to go and do more and see more. You know, Bartown, Kentucky was a small town. And thirty thousand people or so, and we you know I wanted I felt that you know I was a popular kid, good kid had all the, you know girlfriends and played sports and stuff. but I always felt like kind of a big fish small pond kind of deal, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I wanted to get out, and you know you know it's Sinatra right? if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere so New York um is where I set my sights on that I wanted to be there. I had no clue how I was going to get there, hence the title of the book, but yeah, that's yeah. where I wanted to go. So I knew about the mafia, right? And I wasn't an Italian. So I wasn't gonna be in the fucking mob. So that was off. And then I also knew about Wall Street. That, those are my two things from <laughs> culture. That's all New York is, right? Yeah, Wall totally. Street and mob. Yeah, totally. That's it. There's nothing more. <laughs> um, so like, all right, well, let's check out this Wall Street thing. You know, I think there's a, uh, later on in the book, in, the, in one of the chapters of me in college, you know, I had a $30,000 inheritance from my dad passing away. And I tell the story about me day trading that and becoming pretty successful. And in, in 18 months, I grew it to $2 million portfolio. Making on, thirty, forty thousand dollars a day, day trading, um, which is, seems really cool and super impressive, until so you hear the real impressive part when I blew it up, <laughs> fucking in four days and lost everything. But yeah, that was yeah. the first gut punch, kind of you know, big loss that that I had, you know, financially in my life.
1: I love your book, without a plan, and I think too many people get hung up on this how when they're pursuing their goals, their dreams, and their purpose. What's the best method for them to feel unstuck or, or get out of that complacent stage?
0: Yeah. So um, you have to in I'm glad you brought that up because so many times, you know not so, many, all of the time, yeah we yeah. as individuals are the fucking problem. That's it. We are in our own ways in whatever it is that we want to achieve, period mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you have to just be conscious of that and then call yourself out on it. you know the part of me writing this book is because I didn't want to be that pose like, hey, yeah, this is what you should do in these self health tips or whatever I-, I lay out twenty years of you know me just going into Me losing that money i wasn't on wall street i was in providence rhode island yeah i had no plan to get to wall street but if i didn't go down that path not knowing what i didn't know i wouldn't have got an odd job at ups you know abercrombie and fitch doing landscaping and renting apartments i wouldn't have been able to do that the renting apartments wouldn't have led me to talking to somebody at, at a social party at um at the pool trying to get more um renters to make some commissions to run into an institutional equity trader to give me a job at Fidelity in Boston, which then took me to New York as one of the youngest Fidelity uh, institutional traders of all time. There is no plan for that. Yeah. And then I, you know, I later on I talk about when I left Fidelity and I went to building material business and we were in window, uh, window re- retail window space. Okay. If I had a plan and I dissected down like I'm going to be the greatest window you know retailer in the world and whatever, it would have been. I would have gotten there. I would have. I would have achieved it but it would have been the wrong plan, Mm
1: -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. right? Because I ended up becoming um, the largest distributor in the Northeast to then making our own brand and doing our own manufacturing in Germany and Italy. I knew nothing about international OEM manufacturing. I, I knew nothing about that until I got into it. So have a direction on the horizon of where it is that you want to go. But sometimes that how could really hurt you because you could have the wrong plan. Yeah, and also like the whole things like oh, this bad luck, and this happened to me, or or, oh, you're so successful, you're so lucky. Um, you know, I firmly don't believe that anything's happening, you know, to you. I think it's happening for you, Mm -hmm. and if you can change your perspective on that, and know that there's going to be some sort of lesson, that lesson may be learned tomorrow, or it could be. 20 years down the road, but there's a lesson there. You just yeah, have to look yeah. for it.
1: For you, what would you say is the most important lesson that you've ever learned? I'll go back to the personal side of what,
0: when I kind of put it on the book is, mm-hmm. is really, you know, really trying to do some deep diving and asking yourself why you're doing it is what you're doing. Like I'm constantly, there was a period in my life where I was building businesses, selling businesses, doing all those things solely because I was just, you know, not happy and I needed to be distracted. Um, now I still do that. And I often question myself, hey, am I doing that behavior? Is that a bad behavior? Or is it good? And it's not because I'm now doing it for the right reasons because I love to learn and I'm I'm curious. But it does kind of get you into that perspective of like, hey, I've got a business deal or whatever. But, you know, I'm a busy guy. I run a bunch of companies, hundreds of employees, all these things. I still take my kids to school every morning. I still pick them up. I still like those things. I drove to Canton, Ohio, which is from where it's like you know it's you can't get there at at all, and that's six hours and set out in a you know flag football tournament you know a few weekends ago. But I wouldn't be anywhere else. And I have worked for so I think really kind of just questioning why you're doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. is something that everyone should do, right? And and if you can't get down to that visceral place, then you're not there yet, and you need to still you know keep. You know, peeling that back a little mm-hmm. bit and that's in business personal life relationships etc and that's probably the biggest lesson if you have that that gut check that we all need every now and again you need to kind of bring it in and say hey you know am i supposed to be here? Is this what we're doing having that that gut check uh will will keep you on 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 course because it's inevitable we we get off off course um all the time right And i think that brings you back home which is a uh, which is something that's, that's worked for me. And it also like um, to use it positively to actually make something besides a soft story, making positive work and in, in, in business, it helps you get that passion, right? As opposed yeah. to like, Hey, I've got yeah. a book and yeah, it's great. It's got a really cool cover, right? <laughs> shameless plug. It's really pretty. Like that's not passionate. Like I'm passionate now because I put my heart and soul into it. Mm-hmm. And like, you may not like me, but it's all fucking true. Right. And you, you, may not, and you're going to learn something from it. And that's all I care about hearing I I was on someone this morning that met me or read my book and she's in in England and like I'm touching someone who I'm across the pond, everyone who's read my book and is like, you know, your your story touched me so much. I lost my dad like two weeks before I published my book and like he never got to read it. It's like fucking wow, success. Number one bestseller is cool, but that's (laughs) the real success, man. That's so cool. Like uh, the the obituary thing, it it made me think of it. I did. um, I've got a friend down. I met at Necker Island years ago uh dyslexic dude. It's on I think it's on YouTube. I did like interview with him because
1: mm-hmm. I don't really have a
0: podcast, but he's such a cool story. Branson gave him a loan. He paid the loan back in six months, built a business. I mean, dyslexic, bullied in school. He's such an inspirational story. I love him. I'll get a WhatsApp from him. Hey man, we're raising money for some kids. I like to get like a you know, I think I sent a thousand backpacks down like a few months ago. He's just cool. This is from a high school dropout. Uh we're going through and I ended the, the interview with him like, what else have we not cover, man? Um and he said the fucking coolest thing. And you just, you got to watch interview. It, it was so cool. But he says, on my tombstone, I want, uh, I think he's born in like 85. Shane, do you remember 85? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like 1985. And the dash. I wasn't perfect, but I tried. <laughs> That's fucking pretty cool. It's a big kite board or whatever. He said, he said, I've already got it all figured out, Jeremy. And he's like, when I die at my, at the church, it's going to be a party and whatever. And it's going to be me on a kite board into the sunset Dude. pretty cool right
1: what do you think high achievers are doing in their lives that other people are not doing
0: the, going back and I, I think that's where that if there's a little bit of a hack there for anything it's just peeling that that on, that onion back internally and yep. if you don't yep. feel it if you're not close to booger crying you're fucking not there yet you need yep. to keep digging yep. but it's that it, that that's truly what it is um and and some people don't want to go there because it sucks but mm-hmm. that that's it you know so many people you know People are sheep it's they'd like to kind of go through and this is the uniformity and that's what it is it's hard to be honest with yourself we tell ourselves so many lies and we're very good at it we're very convincing of it so i really think that's it i think it's the uh the amount of you know just really you know delegating into that passion then it becomes your obligation right now it's like i've got to be successful in offering my good product or services I've got to get up, right? Because I, I, you know, I mean, you've had days, Eric, where you've like, dude, fuck, I've got to edit it on their podcast, right? I mean, it's your obligation though. Like you've done And then now you have people that are actually, because they listen and they learn something from you. You're letting them down. So you are not doing this for Eric Allen, right? Mm -hmm. You're doing Mm -hmm. this for your community. So now that's your obligation and you feel such you know joy in doing what you could have. But that's why you are who you are.
1: I think people have a hard time trying to figure out what their purpose is. How do you help somebody find their purpose, or how can somebody find their purpose?
0: I I think it's just really, you know, looking at and setting an expectation of it's it's before before the expectation, it's changing the mindset. And this is where I and I'm on social media, but I don't actually do it. Someone does it for me, but I have to be. I guess I don't like to be to be completely Frank, um, I, I posted a cool picture of my kids the other day and a cat, but you know, like, I, I don't like, that's just not my, my shtick.
1: Yeah.
0: Cause I think there's so many people out there that are living lies and it's affecting our youth that they're going and chasing after this or, oh, I want to raise, I want to do a new business and start a hundred, dude, I, you know how long it took me to make my first million, right? It took fucking, it was hard Yeah, and yeah. everyone has this, this, this false sense. And then when they don't get the nearly impossible or unrealistic expectation result In a microwave society, immediately, now they feel depressed, they feel bad, I'm a failure, I'm all these things, and it's just a vicious, vicious cycle, Um, and I try to tell people, you know, the way you need to find it is, you know, your goal should be the very best Jeremy Delk you can be ever. Mm -hmm. You're the best Mm -hmm. Jeremy Delk ever. There's never been a better Jeremy Delk, period, and if you do that, you've won. Then, with that expectation, the second piece is like, well, what does Jeremy Delk want? What's important to me? Right, and it does not need to be well, my my neighbor's got a cooler car, or it needs this. What is it? Mm-hmm. And it's mostly, it's usually, it's relationships, it's friends, it's family, it's kids, it's legacy. You're writing your obituary, mm-hmm. that's really the that's the, that's typically what it is. Then reverse engineer back into how I get all that
1: stuff. That's important to me. So what's coming up next for you? What are you most excited about right now?
0: Yeah. I mean, love doing what I'm doing now, talking, meeting new people. I think, you know, we are in for, you know, that winter's coming. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, I'm excited for it, to be honest with you. Maybe I'm a bit of a masochist, but the, the, in these times that are trying and hard there are opportunities and and that's where there's massive opportunities to go through. And I guess I would just anyone that's looking at it in a different lens Man, 2008, two, you know, 99. I mean, we've all been through these things. Yep, guess what? Yep. We're still here. We're a resilient race, this you know, human you know, human beings that we are, right? Um, I or, guess or, a species more than a race, but we're a very resilient species and the fact that we can survive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. will, and we'll come out of this better, smarter, and, and more if we accept and allow ourselves to be. So I think that's just changing that mindset perspective. Like, what's the lessons? What do I go through? And how do I keep doing what i'm doing and, and block out the noise if you don't need to worry about it don't worry about it just focus on what your mission
1: is man jeremy thank you so much for your time today i so appreciate it dude You're an absolute world changer. It's so good to catch up with you. People need to go pick up your book without a plan right now. Check out the link down below to get yours.
0: Thank you, man. Be well.
1: Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.